name is Sydney, and I'm so excited to talk to our fanfiction author today. Hi, I'm my- Boo, my name is Maya, that was kind of rough. I'm also very excited to be here today. Hi, I'm Tasha, I'm Canis Cosmos on AO3, and I'm also really excited. Yay! So the voice you're hearing today, this fanfiction author has her fingers in many fandom pies, from a sexy Lithuanian serial killer to 2014's Tumblr dreamy werewolf teens. Her fics contain everything from hopeless romance to blood kinks. She is the author of An Echo in the Void, Dark is the Night, A, po a Postcard and a Knife, and A Construction of Forts. It's Tasha, aka Cadis Cosmos! <laughs> Uh, no one's ever been that excited to introduce you before. <laughs> I do my best to make sure that you seem as exciting as possible. Uh, but thank you so much for being on here today. Well, thanks for inviting me. It was quite a uh, quite an honor, really. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's very exciting for our podcast. Yeah. I feel like well, we've the... never been told it's an honor to be on our podcast. I feel like it's uh, still such like a little project that we're just like you know yeah, whoever. But we're also like kind of excited to talk to you today because like you are a part of some fandoms that like we aren't really like yeah. a part of. So like we're very kind of excited to like know what's up basically <laughs> like about these fandoms. All right. Well. um... I guess I, I certainly started out in the Hannibal fandom, at least as far as AO3 is concerned. Um, I mean, to be honest, I've only been like reading and writing fanfiction properly for about a year, so um, I don't know if I'm the most qualified person to, to speak to it all, but um, but yeah, the, the Hannibal community is just amazing. There's so many really, really lovely people, and I know it's kind of a, it's kind of a strange one, the idea of people getting all... Um, all obsessed with with a couple of murder husbands, mm -hmm. but um, <laughs> at the same time, you know the uh, the sort of fan fandom motto is "Eat the rude." So e everyone you meet is really polite and lovely. <laughs> oh, oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I I see some stuff about the murder husbands, and the, I think it, I've I've heard the term fanagram or hanagram before. Yeah, that's that's the ship name, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, that makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, I I see a lot about it, but like, uh, like Maya has never watched the show. Nope. I watched the show not too long ago, like within the last year, and like it is a very good show. Like there are a lot of points in the show that like, especially with like the death and the murders involved, that are really creative and like something I've never seen before, so I, like, understood that point of, like, oh, yeah, this is a really exciting show, but, like, I want to know, like, why you and, like, the rest of the fandom became so engrossed in these, like, two people. I suppose, I mean, the show itself starts out as if it's going to be just another bog-standard procedural, right, and sort of episodic murders and, you know, trying to solve them and all of that. But actually, it, it very quickly becomes about Hannibal and Will. Um, so Will Graham has this amazing em like empath ability, basically. Um, and it's the same in the book, uh, although obviously it's, it's explored much more in the TV show, the, the book being Red Dragon. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, <laughs> Hannibal just, just gets, gets his fingers right in Will's mind. And... Uh, and, and it's just amazing to watch, really, um, how this kind of socially awkward, uh, empathetic person um, just slowly gets kind of twisted, I suppose. But then it's you're never entirely sure if he's being twisted or if Hannibal is genuinely seeing something in Will that he's repressing and is is genuinely trying to help him out. So um, I think that's where a lot of it comes from: is is is, is people trying to kind of uh, put their take on that. 
And then also there's the fact that it ends on such a, well, a literal cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, and and so I guess, yeah, a lot of it is wish fulfillment and trying to kind of imagine where, where the characters would go from there. Was there a moment watching the show that had you, like, hooked? Um, the end of the second season, probably, is when it really, really got me. Um, but yeah, it was the, the finale, I guess, that, that, that properly spun everything for me, because... I didn't. I didn't watch it the first time, and really pick up on any of the. Um, there's there's a lot of romantic subtext, I mm-hmm. think, or maybe romantic isn't the right word, but sexual tension. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it really comes. I guess it, it becomes obvious in the final episode. Um, and I guess yeah, that was that was something quite unique for a TV show of of its caliber. I guess. Um, were you a part of any know. other fandoms before Hannibal? No, I, I, I had written fan fiction, but I didn't really understand much about fan fiction. It was more just me <laughs> uh, having a little jaunt uh, in my, with my <laughs> imagination. Um, <laughs> so no, Hannibal opened up not just uh, fandom, but but all the other fandoms as well. Um, I didn't, I'd never been on Ao3 before. Um, oh wow. So, yeah, it totally, totally introduced me to everything. <laughs> That's crazy. And have you joined any fandoms, like, since then? Uh, yeah, well, Team Wolf is a new one for me. <laughs> it's, um, that's, that's a very, very different show. Um, obviously, Hannibal is, is quite pretentious, and it, 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 <laughs> it completely, well, it owns, it owns its pretension. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many, uh, classical and literary references and art and, you know, haute cuisine and all of that. Uh, whereas Team Wolf is very tongue in cheek, and you know, people mm-hmm. doing backflips while they pop claws and and slash each other's each other's throats out. So, you know, it's it's a very different show. What was that like initial step into like fandom and fan fiction like for someone who like you kind of were di- like disconnected from it to like going into it not only just like as a first timer but like into the like Hannibal specific cuz like i feel like that one is so different than a lot of just casual like a- like every other fandom i suppose i mean again it was my my first fandom so it's difficult to compare it properly but um i was mainly just hugely relieved cuz um <laughs> You know, the show had quite a big impact on me, and I was immediately, you know, I started writing fan fiction for it just for myself again. And then when I found there was this enormous community, loads of other like-minded people who were also equally taken by it, I was just really relieved that it wasn't just me being really strange, that in fact it was uh, a thing. <laughs> That's what's so great about fandom. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, fandom culture, like, it's... It can be a little scary. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. There's some <laughs> fandoms out there that are quite scary, but that's what's really nice about it is that everything is like kind of. It's just like oh, I I can talk to other people about yeah. this. Like I don't have to sit in my room by myself and just think about it. Yeah. For hours well, especially end. when it comes to like I feel like the more that I learn about like the Hannibal fandom, just like through like Twitter or like talking to people, like they have the this mentality of like be the rude mm. where it's just like no one's really rude because like yeah you're talking about a show about which someone like murders and cannibalizes people there's like a whole manipulation kind of like mental torture that goes on through it and so like there these like the people in the fandom that like at least i see are like the pinnacle of just like yeah like i know this is fiction like you don't have to tell me that it's fiction yeah. or, like a lot of other fandoms like 
like, we are, like, in a ton of fandoms that people get mad all the time about, like, oh... The smallest thing. Yeah, the smallest thing of just, like, oh, what you're writing is wrong, like, that's... It's illegal, X, Y, Z. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. (laughs) It's not. It's not. (laughs) It's not. It feels like I'm being micromanaged for Mm -hmm. something that I want to enjoy doing. Yeah. Which is not, like, no one wants to... No one wants that. No. Ever. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's doing it for the love, right? Yeah. Well, exactly. Like, we're writing because... That's what we want to do, and it makes us happy, so who really fucking cares? Yeah. So, out of um, everything you've written so far, like, what, what's a trope that you are either looking forward to writing or have yet to write that you, like, want to? That's a, that's a tough question. Um, (laughs) there's, there's some works, um, with Hannibal that I've started and haven't finished yet, so I don't know if that counts. Um, I, I would say that counts. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I, I quite like the, um, so there's, there's a lot of imagery in Hannibal. Um, you know, Will has these these quite intense dreams, certainly, uh, in the first season anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's this, this whole Wendigo thing, um, where, which is how he, his subconscious perceives Hannibal, although he's not aware that it's Hannibal at first. Um, and then conversely, Hannibal has his, his memory palace, which is not a unique concept, um, I think. I can't remember exactly where it came from, but um, uh, you know, so there's there's a lot of stuff that can go on in, inside the inside the minds of the characters, and I I quite like to explore that in a bit more depth. But again, lots of other people have, um, and they've done it really well as well. There's some really talented people in this fandom. Yeah, I think that's what's nice about fanfiction, though. It's just like there are a lot of people who are writing the same thing as you, but it will never... It will never be yours. Yeah, it'll it never, never be, be... And it'll also, also never be the same, because, like, we all have different interpretations of the characters in a way that's, like, slightly different depending on who's writing it. So, like, it'll just be... It, like, what you're writing is yours, which yeah. is one of my favorite parts of, fa- like, fandom and fanfiction, I think. Yeah. Or just, like... Yeah, it's just amazing. So many people carry around these characters in their heads, and they, mm-hmm. they a lot of them are slightly different, but also... When you get some work that, um, when you when you get to a fiction where they they really capture the character, I, f- I find that really exciting. For sure, it's it's like a blessing. Yeah, it's, it really it's, is. It really, it's like a holy <laughs> grail when you find something that you're like, this is like on the same page as me. This is fantastic. Yeah, especially when it's like multiple chapters. <laughs> oh yeah, or like you like, I, I feel connected to you even though I don't know who, I don't you, know are. who you are. I don't, I don't, I know nothing else about you're writing. You. Yeah. That's amazing. And then on the flip side of things, is there anything either pertaining to the show or anything that you wouldn't even think about writing? With with Hannibal, um, I can give you a lot more answers for Teen Wolf on the what I wouldn't. Write. <laughs> Go either one. Yeah, totally either up one. to you. <laughs> All right. Well, there's there's so I've only written one Teen Wolf fiction so far, um, and I'm in fact there's there's only one more chapter of that story to publish. Um, so and that's what I would be doing this evening. So sorry, or anyone. You're going to get a late installment for that chapter. Um, but because a lot of the kids are in, well, a lot of the characters are still in high school. You do get some kind of, uh, sort of slightly dubious consent stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've I've been setting all mine kind of well, uh, all my head cannons are are set after the show. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of, of writing about teenagers. I must say. That's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a quite a big problem with a lot of shows, I would say. Yes. And, and then you have like the younger audience who watch that show, like the underage ones, mm-hmm. and then they get upset yeah. at the the people who are writing the aged up headcanons, yeah. and then 
it's like a whole thing. <laughs> it's kind of a mess, but write what makes you okay, comfortable. Write what makes yeah. you happy. Yeah. There's also this um, thing in, like, especially I feel like Western television that, like, when there is something about, like, high school, like a show set in high school or something that, like, could easily just be in college. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, I... Yeah, and that would, that would kind of deal with a lot of the, um, the, the, uh, the issue. Because, yeah, I mean, let's, let's face it, a lot of these... A lot of fan fiction does have sex in it, um, and and you don't want to be tripping up over anything awkward, age related there. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but even when you're just watching those shows, they implement that sexual tension yeah. for these teenage characters, <laughs> and it's just not okay yeah. from the get go. Like I think yeah, the worst one that I know is like Euphoria. Yeah. The one on HBO. It could just easily be set in college. Yeah. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Uh, it's really difficult for people in the UK to get HBO shows, you know. Um, they do the best oh, okay. stuff, but it's... Yeah, so, I mean, obviously Game of Thrones made it out here, but there are a lot of shows like The Leftovers. That's on HBO. That was that was an amazing TV show, and I keep telling people to watch it, and they, there's no way that they can, so it's kind of frustrating. Um, Trying to get those VPNs, so, I guess. Yeah, that's so odd. <laughs> yeah, or even, like, uh, what's, what's the one? Oh, Riverdale. Riverdale's very bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, it's like any American TV yeah. show that's set in high school. They just make it uh, sex. Sex has to be one of the plot lines, mm-hmm. and it does. It literally doesn't need yeah. to be at all. I guess. I guess if it's happening between other teenagers, then that's alright. Maybe I don't know. But uh, <laughs> even then, like statistically in the U.S., only like thirty percent of high schoolers lose their virginity in high school. In high school. Yeah. Like, then they turn 18 and go off into college, and then that's when the numbers start climbing. Because sex is scary. <laughs> like, I I don't know. I, the, the thought that this many teenagers yeah. are having sex is just, like, unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And it is a problem with, you know, American media, because then teenagers feel pressured. And yeah. Like, or even them getting older and then being like, oh, well, I'm 23 and I'm still a virgin. Is there something wrong with me? Yeah. Like, no. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. That's normal. Yeah. I I listened to your podcast the other week, um, the one that you did with Plot What Plot? Yes. Yes. Um, and growing up, I was basically crumpet, as in, you know, sex is the best way to horrify a British person. (laughs) Oh, yes. Um, Uh, I'm so glad that that resonated. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 no, I laugh my ass off. Um, <laughs> they're great. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's spot on. And in fact, I, I think I remember being at uni and someone someone reading me the uh, the, the the Hogwarts and the tentacle creature uh-huh. thing, and I was just, you know, I, 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 I was actually compet in that, in that, in that <laughs> moment. They were reading it to me in order to watch me squirm uncomfortably, so... Um, oh no! Yeah. <laughs> and and I had had a you know that was my first real exposure to to proper fan fiction, and it, it put me right off actually. I I kind of well that's fair. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would be too. Um, I feel I, yeah. <laughs> I think my life would be a lot different. <laughs> I mean, you guys, um, you said in one of your first podcasts that your your mission is to try and legitimize fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. How do you think that's going? Uh... <laughs> you know, I think the ones that we have showcased are great. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're doing what we have set out to do, and I think that the people that we've talked to thus far yeah. have been amazing. Like, even the plot with plot people, they don't necessarily publish a ton, mm-hmm. but they still talk yeah. about it. 
which is sort of normalizing it in the sense that like this is something people can enjoy and not be made fun of yeah and it is like even though there are crack fics and there are just pure smutty ones mm-hmm. like there are good pieces of fan fiction yeah. out there and i think to for really to, to legitimize it as like an art because like it is art mm-hmm. people put a lot of time they put a lot of effort it's free too it's also free like yeah like yeah. these people are putting out stuff for this show that like got canceled or doesn't have the ending yeah. that you want and people are putting in time and effort and their whole hearts basically to for something for free and i feel like for the longest time you know I, like i i'm kind of with you on the boat of like i didn't write fan fiction until like not even a year ago because i was just scared mm-hmm. like i was just scared of putting myself out there and i didn't want to be perceived as odd or like this was like a secret that i had to keep so i feel like and like you and like all of the other fan fiction authors that we got they are also they also like are really excited to talk to us when we come out here because like i feel like you know some of them probably don't have anybody to talk to like i am very lucky to have found maya and a lot of these other people are very lucky to have found people in their fandom or fan fiction spaces to talk to somebody but because it is perceived as like weird or not real art mm-hmm. that they don't want to talk about it except for like people over the internet basically yeah it's funny how in music someone can do a cover of someone else's song or their own version of it or yeah. djs can mix together music and everyone's like wow it's really creative well mm-hmm. done and then you do something with fan fiction and, and i've got friends who you know curled their lip at me you know and i'm like hey oh, what's, what's wow. with that like, oh sorry it's just you know my perception of it is well it's sort of either childish or, or pornographic really and yeah mm-hmm. and i think not, it also stems from this sort of like at at least like we've talked to mostly female or female presenting uh-huh. people it comes from a lot of young women aren't allowed to enjoy anything anything <laughs> like like it, nothing when you start wearing makeup as a kid it's like well you're too young for that or it's like you're a hoe or you're a slut uh-huh. or like that kind of stuff and then you start writing fan fiction and people are like wow you're just fucking weird uh-huh. like it's not weird young girls liked one direction and they were doing they it got shit they for cute. it yeah like even even the people who mildly like k-pop k-pop yeah. is like one of the like quote-unquote uh-huh. worst but you say you like k-pop and people are like ew yeah. like you're so fucking weird I've definitely, like, I, I don't know, and it's it's a shame that I have to talk to people and be like, oh, I have a podcast, and I don't really say, like, what it is, yeah. because they're like, oh, what is it? Like, what is it? Give me a listen, and it's like, oh, Ooh. and, like, I'll say, I'm like, oh, it's about, like, fan fiction, and they'll be like, oh. Yeah. And it's like, you, <laughs> why would you ask and, like, act like you're gonna, like, listen to it and be like, oh, I don't, I don't care what it is, and then as soon as I tell you, you're like, oh. Yeah. And I think that's why we started it in the first place, because I remember when I came to Maya with the idea, we, like, actually looked up what fanfiction podcasts were out there, and a lot of them were just making fun of the bad ones. Yeah. Like, there were a couple of them, like, um, Fanatical Fix Somewhere to Find Them, which are all about, like, Harry Potter fanfiction, and, like, they talk about the good of Harry Potter fanfiction, but mm-hmm. a lot of them were just talking shit about fanfiction or just talking about a single fandom fanfiction, and so we were like, oh, there's not a podcast out there that's talking about different kinds of fandom, different kinds of fan fiction, talking about it in a positive light, like, talking about their favorite ones in, like, such an unabashed and unapologetic way that, like, 
no shit people feel isolated because like there is not there's there no are good representation there are small spaces but it's very hard to find those spaces mm-hmm. well and i mean fan fiction basically got me through lockdown as far as i can mm-hmm. tell um, yeah absolutely i feel like it really did skyrocket uh-huh. especially on platforms like tiktok yeah. like where people started promoting their own stuff mm-hmm. twitter people are now promoting that chapters are coming yeah. out for their fix which is amazing mm-hmm. i had never seen anything like that before mm-hmm. in my life yeah. until it quarantine happened yeah. Do you think it'll carry on? Is it carrying on? The um, the sort of rise in popularity. I feel like we've hit a steady like it's at like it's at a plateau right now. Yeah. Like I feel yeah. like it's not rising, but it's not declining. Yeah. I feel yeah. like we're at a very good spot where it's like people know fan fiction exists, people know good fan fiction exists. Mm-hmm. I feel like the public perception of it is still a little rocky. Yeah. Depending on like what type of fan fiction you say you write, like. Mm-hmm. Not to be like that, but you're if you're like a thirty or forty year old man and you're like, oh well, I write Star Wars fan fiction. People just assume you're writing like canon or canon divergent mm-hmm. Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Not like yeah. shipping or anything yeah. like that. But if you're a twenty year old woman, <laughs> and it's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so there, I I feel like we're in a pretty good spot right now. Where the more people promote their stuff, the more normal quote unquote people are realizing, oh, this isn't like. Yeah. This is just something people yeah. like to do. Yeah. This is just a hobby. Yeah, it is. It is a hobby. Um, and it's it's strange that it's it's one that you you, you can't really celebrate. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so for for the last few years, I've I've been doing a a, a, a PhD um, in space science. And, um, wow. Well, it was interesting because you know I would talk to people in pubs about it, and um, like a good eighty percent of the time. That would just shut down the conversation entirely. I mean, you'd get you'd get about twenty percent of people who'd be like, "Ooh, tell me more about that. I like space." Um, but the other eighty percent of people would be intimidated, I guess, um, which is ridiculous because no one was more surprised than I was that I ended up doing something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but this has swung the other way now. Um, so you know, I'm in the pub, and I probably just wouldn't tell someone that I've spent the last year writing fan fiction because sure. instead of being too impressed, they would be um, the opposite of impressed, I guess. You'd be like, oh, this fucking weirdo. Like, <laughs> yeah, the perception of it is like, oh, you're a shut-in. Like, yeah. you just sit in your room all yeah. day. And it's like, and? <laughs> exactly, and? Like, but also, like, I feel like if you don't know anything about fanfiction, like, the majority of the people who know fanfiction, they would be like, oh, so you write that, like, One Direction, your mom sold you to One Direction, <laughs> like, yeah. stuff, because that's all they know. Hey, that could probably be done well, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Anna Todd did very well for what yep. she's worth. Um, but I I feel like also talking to people like you and other fanfiction authors puts, like, an actual person behind usernames. Yeah. Because, like, for the longest time, and Wattpad is the worst contributor to this, of being just like, oh my, when are you, po- I can't, po- when are you doing, you know, when are you posting next, why haven't you posted, yeah. and you just have to be like, well, there's a real person behind this username who, this is just a hobby, and they're doing it for free, and they have a life outside of this, yeah. and they also have a mental health to maintain, and they have a job, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> or they're going to school, and mm-hmm. like, that's a lot. I mainly use fan fiction as like a procrastination tool. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, during the summer, I tend not to write nearly as much as when I do when I'm in school because I don't have other <laughs> shit to like be like mm, I don't want to do this right now let's go write fanfiction yeah. 
everything's more fun when you're using it as an excuse to not do something else. I, exactly. Exactly. I'm so glad you understand. <laughs> They're like, well, I could be doing this, but instead... Instead, let me write this really long fan fiction <laughs> yeah. that I've been planning in my head for three months. Yes, exactly. But I, in- I came across an interesting quote the other day that said that, that if you want to improve your writing, fan fiction actually does the opposite, which I thought was, you know, where, where are they getting their, their data for that kind of statement? Yeah. Um, it's just saying, like writing. I, I have writing. It, is, it is like writing, but I, I will admit that I've changed how I write now that I'm writing for a fandom instead of just for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never used to write in the present tense, and now, now okay. I pretty much exclusively do. Tenses mm-hmm. are hard. I always fuck up. That's my biggest thing mm-hmm. when I edit. It's a pain in my ass. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that, because I, I have, like, heard... And, like, I've done research on, like, what other... Like, what actual, like, canon creators of like published authors and Mm -hmm. tv showrunners like what they think of fan fiction and like who was it it was like stephanie meyer i think maybe where she was talking about like oh i think fan fiction is fine but like why would you ever write fan fiction when you can write your own original work and like have your name attached to it but i think there's a merit in like learning through fan fiction of like yeah creating your own characters in hindsight, seems really easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's very difficult to, like, form a person out of words. So, like, when you have an already established person and you just kind of have to learn how to write them correctly... It's like a stepping stone. Yeah, it's you're just learning until you just dive into the deep end of creating your own human being out of words. Well, there's also the idea that, you know, if you're writing with constraints, that can actually help focus you as well. Um... Yeah. So that there are yeah. sort of rules in a particular universe, um, kind of stick to them all. It's like instead of just having a blank sheet of paper, you've, you've already got something to start with. Um, I would agree with that wholeheartedly, yeah. I think, uh, personally, I think fan fiction is like one of the best ways mm-hmm. to learn how to write because not only are the people who read your work incredibly sweet, yes. like 99% yeah. of the time they are so, mm-hmm. so sweet, like... You find other people that are willing to read and edit your work uh-huh. and, like, make suggestions for you. You can do AUs and that kind of stuff, uh-huh. which gives you the opportunity to make your own story. Mm-hmm. Again, with all these already established characters, so yeah. you know what kind of personalities they have. Mm-hmm. So it's just easy to be like, okay, well, then this person would do this. And it's like, you learn how to set characters into stories, and then you learn how to construct your own story, and then you learn how to... Like, what, what would this character do? Like, why, why, what's the motivation? Like, that kind of stuff. Like, it's a writer's room in your head. Like, you're throwing out these ideas and you're like, what's next? What's next? Yeah. Until you get to this point where you do something that's out of character. And at that point, it is your own story. Like, you could totally just change the names and probably get it published. Yeah. You're right about the community being amazing. And I'd, I'd like to just take a minute to, <laughs> to thank everyone who leaves comments. Oh, my Not God. Just, my work, but just in general. I mean, it. It really, it really makes such a huge difference to know that you're not just posting these things into the void. Um, yeah, comments so, just yeah, make the world go round. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think that people, like, readers really understand, like, how deeply we love each and every comment. Yeah. That, like, you could just comment, like, love this, and I would 
melt immediately. Yeah. I'd be like, oh my god, incredible, thank you so much. <laughs> but, like, even, you know, reading, because I, like, through, like, not even just through this, but, like, fan fiction that I've read that, like, oh, this was published four years ago, still leave a comment. <laughs> like, it doesn't, I don't, like, I still sometimes leave a comment, I'm just like, I don't know where this fan fiction author is now, I don't know if they still published, I don't know what's up, but, like, this was very good, thank you so much yeah. for letting me read this. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a relatively small thing to do, but um, it makes a huge difference to the to the person on the other end for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. So, um, kind of talking of, like about your works, is there a process <laughs> between getting the idea to publishing it on like Ao3? I guess um, when the idea hits me, it's either a concept or a specific scene, and then I'll I'll try and flesh it out. Um, and then these days, I'm trying to trying to completely write the work before I start posting it, but okay. actually that doesn't work as well, so uh, I, f I find that without the impetus to, to properly finish a story, which comes from having people hopefully kind of waiting for that ending, mm -hmm. um, th then it just doesn't happen. So, so yeah, I, um, these, so these days I start writing, I make sure that I'm sort of more than halfway through, and then I will take the first chapter, spend a few hours editing it, put that up, and then the next few weeks is me kind of trying to finish the story whilst also week by week taking the chapter, making it as good as I can, and then posting it. Um, yeah, so I guess that's my process. I don't know if that's detailed enough for you. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely uh, agree with the uh, struggling to like write ahead because I <laughs> <laughs> only, like I would say like 90% are like multi-work, like multi-chapter fix where it's just like there are multiple chapters that I have to write with like two one-shots basically with like mm -hmm. everything else that I'm writing and like currently I'm trying to write something where it's, I'm just like you have to finish so many chapters before you start publishing but boy oh boy is that really rough <laughs> so how much lead-in time do you give yourself uh I just <laughs> I <laughs> don't good question I, it's a great question um I don't know I would love to say that like I give myself any time but, like, it's, I, I, uh, hate everything I do up to a certain point to the fact that, like, I will write until it's good enough. And I, it, I don't, it, it might take months, it might take a couple weeks, um, but it always comes back with me feeling bad that I haven't published for, like, three or four months yeah. until I, because I just don't like what I have, and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna publish something that I don't like. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, I, I mean, that makes sense. You, mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of stuff out there that gets a lot of, uh, a lot of kudos and comments, even if it's not very well written, mm -hmm. just because the ideas are good enough. But, you know, I think it's also fine to take pride in what you're, what you're putting out there and, um, yeah, making sure that you're happy with your work, because you don't want to be sitting there cringing afterwards, you know, like, oh, God, uh, no. I can't believe That's why I don't read my stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, like, I went through a couple of my chapters this week, mm -hmm. because uh, I started writing again, and so I was just like, oh, I'm going to go back and try to remember what I wrote, basically, and, like, it was actually a moment where I, like, sat back and I was like, I wrote that? Nice. Holy shit. <laughs> what was I on? <laughs> like, I, I was just like, I, I was just like... What, me? That was me? <laughs> That's a great feeling. It was a very um, nice feeling. It, it felt like all of that work that I put into it was worth it at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's like there's like 
two different ways that can happen, I think. Um, one is when you're, you, before you've ever started writing, I mean, sorry, before you've started editing, when you're just writing the, the first draft, mm -hmm. and if you get really, if you get really into it, it's like a different part of your brain takes over, and you can just write loads, and then afterwards you're looking back over it, and you have absolutely no recollection of having written any of it, and, um, and it's almost like reading someone else's work sometimes. And then, yeah, as you were saying, if you, if you put the time in to properly edit something and then you come back to it a few months later, that can seem uh, totally alien to you as well. Like, I've done that a bit with a postcard and a knife, because mm -hmm. that's probably the most popular of my fix. And occasionally I go back just to check that it's all still, that I'm still okay with it all, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair, because, like, you know, you, you grow yeah. and, like, you change write writing styles or you change mm -hmm. maybe how you wrote. Listen, I remember when I wrote, I wrote when I was, like, 14 and I used orbs instead of eyes. Yep. And I cringe at that to this day. None of that got published, but they're still sitting in Google Docs, and I still can't believe that I ever did that to myself. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I get it. Like, you, you grow, your writing style changes, you change. So, like, going back to see, like, oh, do I still like this, I think has some merit to it of just, like, is does it hold up? And, like, it's nice to know that the answer is yes. Mostly, yes. Um, <laughs> I would say I, I, I have never, ever written anything smut-like before I got into the fandom world. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I, again, the only reason I did was because my first story didn't have any smut in it and didn't have a lot of hits. <laughs> and, okay. and, and that bothered me, so I was like, let's see if the smut makes a difference or if it's just, <laughs> that, just that my story sucked. Um, so I wrote the next thing um, with some with some smut, and uh, yeah, it got a lot more likes. Um, but if I were to reread that one, I would probably die a thousand deaths. <laughs> That's really <laughs> fair. Yeah, I'm currently trying to write a smut thing right now, and I have stopped at the smut. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've written up to the smut, and then I went, We'll come back to this <laughs> at a different time. The one smut thing I have published, uh -huh. I'm not going to read ever again <laughs> in my life. I'm so scared of it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's always really interesting to talk to the people who have, like, written so much so smut. Much. They're, like, they're, like, numb to it. They're Yeah, they're numb to it. They're, like, I don't know, this is a normal thing. They're, like, I can write uh, somebody spitting in someone else's mouth and feel nothing about it. And I'm just, like, ah! <laughs> Even, like, I was blushing while I was writing mine. I was like, mm, this, this is kind of a lot. Yeah. I'm just like, damn, okay. Yeah, I tried to balance out the smut by having lots of uh, poetry in there. Not mm -hmm. my poetry, just, you know, uh, other people's poetry. Good, as in actually decent poetry. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't think anyone was fooled. It was still just smut. <laughs> <laughs> it was still just smut. I tried to balance it out by putting, like, like intimacy in it. So, like, I don't think I could ever write an act, like, a really hardcore BDSM kind of, like, degradation, because yeah. I think I would just, I would just die. Like, I yeah. think I would, I, I would never get published, because I would just be like, what am I doing? I can't do this. What are you doing? So I just has to be, like, really sweet, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> this is, yeah, yeah, just cover it up with some, like, romance, and you're good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some some romance or sometimes some some working through issues whilst they're having sex, I guess I'd say. Um, there's so much angst in in my characters um, that that I usually try and use it as a as a way of them kind of breaking free from some of their um, some of their troubles, and not in a kind of like let's have sex to distract ourselves, but <laughs> as in a kind of oh, what I really needed all along was some was some intimacy <laughs> kind of way. But certainly my, the, the smut that I write is incredibly vanilla. Um, 
And that's okay. That is just fine. I love some vanilla sex. (laughs) (laughs) Missionary? Great. (laughs) It's a great position. I don't know. Um, So you, quite a few of your works on AO3 are like canon divergent. Either writing a season four when when it finished or rewriting uh, some of the canon seasons. So what made you look at like the canon media of Hannibal specifically because that's what you have? And just go, yeah, fuck that. I'm redoing it. I'm doing what I want, and I'm giving you more. Um, I guess it's it's looking for for places where you can where you can spin off into some some interesting concepts. Uh, so the, I mean, yeah, the first one I wrote was well. In fact, the first so talking right. So the first two I wrote because there was another one shot that I did that was post canon. But the first proper one that I wrote post canon was was taking a quite an intense scene between two of the characters and then. And then just just changing one thing about it, and then exploring where that took them. And then the next canon divergent one was season three, um, and that that was the the time travel one, which I haven't done much time travel writing because, as someone who studied physics, I find time travel done wrong just really really irritating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it was quite fun for me to try one that um, to try and make it internally consistent. Which I think is all you really need to do to make time travel work, but unfortunately, you just don't you don't get much of that. Even in big cinema movies and, and TV shows, uh, it's it's difficult to get good good time travel. Yeah. Um. So and that, I actually kind of made that so that it didn't disrupt canon. It's it's a kind of little bubble between between two episodes in its own way. Um. And then season one canon divergence is really difficult for me because that's where Hannibal's really really betraying Will on a regular yeah. basis uh, and I find betrayal quite a difficult one to uh, to reconcile with that's fair I'm not an angsty girl myself uh, no. really hard I understand completely <laughs> Maya loves oh my to be betrayed <laughs> listen man my heart needs to be broken at least three <laughs> times a month uh, about, and then you actually have one fic that is a Hannibal Batman fic that I just need to know everything about <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, that one. Um, I had so much fun writing that, and I am <laughs> technically still still writing it. Um, I've got another 10,000, 15,000 words of it, and it's approaching the, the big finale. Um, as in, you know, all of the characters are in place, now I just need to make them fight. Very nice. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I... <laughs> I do have a soft spot for Batman, uh, especially because it's it's got all of the best villains, and the Joker mm-hmm. is, of course, my favorite. Um, but what's what's always fascinated me about about Batman is how he just looks like he's one bad day away from just going totally psycho. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, Hannibal's got amazing control over his uh, in- sort of killer instincts, I guess, um, and it would be quite interesting to see, you know see him as Batman. <laughs> and and it in 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 lots of respects it doesn't make any sense at all because Hannibal <laughs> is is such a a well groomed character, you know. Uh the, the idea of putting him in a bat suit is just ridiculous. But at the same time, um with a few tweaks to his backstory, um you know, so obviously they're both they're both orphans as characters and then Hannibal had some pretty traumatic experiences after losing his parents. Um Whereas Batman got kind of ferried around by a chauffeur and um, coddled in his mansion, mm-hmm. so yeah, so I've written I've written Hannibal as a as as a as a version of Batman that that had Alfred all along, and Alfred is of course horrified 
by Hannibal's cannibalistic tendencies. Um, but otherwise, uh, is kind of got his back as long as he only, as long as he only takes out the uh, the villains in his strange artistic way. Um, and then I took the Joker and combined him with the kind of closest character in the Hannibal universe, which would be uh, Mason Verger, who is just insane. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then I brought Will in as his kind of own character. I didn't try and blend him in with the Batman universe, but his empathy skills uh, are, were quite handy for it because I wanted to basically have him absorbing too much of the Joker and then becoming a problem in that way. Um, so that's been fun to play with. No, uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like um, in some ways Mason Verger is worse than the Joker. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um... Yeah. I mean, for, uh, spoilers, Maya, for you, my dear friend, <laughs> Mason Verger tried to have a baby with his own sister. Oh. So. All right. Worse Crimson than Peak. the Joker. <laughs> All right. Peaks and yeah. valleys, yeah, peaks and valleys. Dude, I'm um... so down to read this fanfic. You just sold this to me. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna read this later. <laughs> this is awesome. Well, thanks. Uh, I, I hope it, it measures up. Um, but yeah, so I, I have nearly finished writing it, and, and I, I do plan to... Like, I've made a personal commitment to finish all of the stories that I post, because I do think it's devastating when you get really into something and then it's never finished. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, all of the uh, fanfic authors we talked to have all finished their works, but I know that one day we will come across someone that's just, just like, like no, <laughs> no, I didn't finish that. <laughs> but I can I can see it's difficult once you lose once you lose your muse. And... Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially yeah. when it comes to the point of like, oh, you know, the fandom's not as popular anymore. Yeah. The show maybe ended, or just the hype died down, and like you've moved on, but like you still have this thing that's not finished, like. What do you do? Do you keep the commitment to yourself and to the people reading? Do yeah. you... Well, and then, especially if, like, maybe the comments stop. Well, yeah. Kudos stop. Like, it, it... I feel like it's more a mental health game. Yes. Than it is, than anything. Like, yeah. Yeah, I can, I, I can appreciate that. Um, I mean, I've got my own mental health demons, like, like everyone, probably. Um, and trying to make yourself do something that's difficult if you are in that kind of headspace um, it's just not really worth it so I think people do have to be understanding if someone lets something drop because it, it's quite an involved process creating creating fiction and, and then releasing it into the wild I mean it's it's one thing writing for yourself but knowing that other people are gonna gonna be trying to build that world in their own heads y- you want to make it good and if you don't feel you can do that then then it's uh, you know you don't want to put bad work out there I guess yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Especially since you, I know there was like a, a fic that I was reading that there was like the last chapter they posted and they're like, oh, I'm not finishing this, sorry. Like, you know, a lot of things, mental health, I moved on to a different fandom. And like, I was really disappointed, but I was just like, you know what? You know you better than I know you. I might be disappointed, but like, there's plenty of other fan fiction for me to read that is finished. Mm-hmm. But I also do appreciate when I'm scrolling through fan, like, fi- like fan fiction on like AO3 and it'll have like, this fic is discontinued and I'm like, thank you so much, I will avoid this. <laughs> like, yeah. I've had a, f- a few really lovely comments on, on the first story that I wrote, the uh, Construction of Forts one. Because I put so much effort into that one, even though, um, I don't know, I, I put probably too much effort into that one and then it, it didn't it didn't get much, uh, much in the way of love. But, um, some of the people who did read it are aware that I wrote a second uh, part to it, which I haven't yet posted, and they 
they were really encouraging me to post it. Um, and I haven't, because even though they've said, you know, don't worry about making it beautiful, we just want to know what happens. And I, I just can't do that to, to myself. I, yeah. can't, I can't post something that I'm not happy with, even even if it's 95% written. Um, I don't know, is that bad? Should I should I just put it out there? But it's going to no. be on my profile, and I, 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 I don't know. That is totally up to you. Yeah. I am the kind of person <laughs> where if something sits for far too long... Mm-hmm. Then I just kind of say fuck it, like and throw it out there, and throw it out there because at, at some point it's just like if people want you to, I I don't know. Again, this is my own personal thing where it's just like meh, might as well. Yeah. Like if if it sits too long, then I'm never gonna finish it. But if you are personally just like I want to make it the best that I possibly can, like I don't want to publish something that isn't gonna make me truly happy, yeah. then like do what makes which you I think is my definitely my thing. I think we talked like oh. As I've already said, I will publish something that I'm not happy with, and sometimes that ends up with me giving Maya 16,000 words to read, because I am just like, hey, I can't do this any shorter than it is. Like, I love and I applaud the fanfiction authors that can get something out that's under 100k, a 5,000 word one shot that, like, is completed and people love, like, I just could never think that I could be that person, because it's like... No, sorry, I need to describe all the emotions going on, and I need to describe every little thing that they're doing in between phrases and in between sentences and dialogue pieces, and I I, I understand you completely with wanting to publish something that you are solely happy with, because, yeah, it has your name attached to it, so mm. why wouldn't you want it to be... Your heart, your soul, your blood, yeah. your sweat, At your least tears. Something that you can be proud of, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, unlike the Batman one, which still makes me laugh. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I definitely feel you on, on things like, you know, making sure that, you know, you, you've fleshed out the world and the characters' emotions and their justifications for things. I mean, it, that's kind of... Not that I don't enjoy reading one-shots as well, especially mm-hmm. when they're they're exciting and well done. Um, when people create multi-chapter fix or, or really long single-chapter fix, which I've come across as well, um, you know, there's th- there's a lot to be said for that that kind of that immersive quality to it, um, which you can't get with with shorter one-shots. Yeah, well, especially since you get to sit with the characters longer. Yeah, you get to be yeah. with them like longer. You know, it's a conundrum, I think, of all all writers, mm-hmm. of just, especially when it comes to fan fiction, because, like, you know, it's not like, oh, I have to finish this entire book, and then it's published in, into the world or whatever. It's, oh, I post this chapter, God, I hope that 15 chapters from now, I'm not kicking myself about what I wrote in this chapter, mm-hmm. because it's, that's, that's it. Like, I, I don't have yeah. really a plan, well, especially for me, I don't really have a plan for what 15 chapters ahead's gonna look like. So I have to be happy with it now, or else, I, I, cause I don't know what I'm gonna be happy with 20, t- even 10 chapters from now, mm-hmm. so. You, you, you write a lot of chapters, don't you? Uh. uh <laughs> <laughs> Mine tend to be like six to 10 chapters. I have, um, gosh, I have two work in progresses currently, and I have one that I am continuing to publish that is like my main love right now that is going to be like 30 chapters long yeah and then one of my work in progress is only going to be like seven or eight chapters 
and then I have another poker in progress, which I don't know how long it's going to be, but it's going to be long. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's all I'm going to know. It's going to be more than 15. <laughs> it's going to be way more than 15. From the way you described it. Oh, that sounds exciting. Yeah. Which, which fandom is it in? My Hero Academia. Cool. That's just gone. That's just come out on uh, UK Netflix. So <gasps> oh, fuck yeah! Well. Yay! Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> um, Great but, show. Yeah, I think. Well, I also think it just spans from. Um, I've I've not I've not wanted anything more in life than to be a writer, and I could have fooled myself my entire life about what I actually wanted to be what I thought other people wanted me to be so-and-so XYZ, but, like, all I wanted to do was, like, write in any capacity. I did journalism for a time just to write. I took every English course that I could just to write. I have a degree in communications because all it is is just writing, and that's all I ever came back to. It's all I've ever wanted to do. And, like, to be honest, I want to publish a book one day, so, like, whenever I write, even if it's just a fic... I, I I pretend or like I say, I'm like this is a book that I'm writing with several chapters. It's not going to be short. It's going to be very long. Like mm-hmm. my one fic just passed one hundred thousand words. Thank you so much, Maya. <laughs> like I I look at all of my fics as if they are actual books to be published. Mm-hmm. That is a great approach, and I love your passion. It's excellent. Um, uh, I I you know in my deepest secret heart I, I want, just want to be a writer too mm-hmm. um, and in fact my first degree was in uh, was in English Lit um, but then the 2008 economic recession happened and suddenly you know there was absolutely no kind of job for anyone with a humanities degree yeah. so I had to retrain um, but yeah still despite all the you know the jobs that I do and, and, and all of the kind of retraining I've had I still basically just want to be a writer as well <laughs> I think that says a lot for the passion that you have for something mm-hmm. that so many things could still happen and yet you still come back to this point for just resilience alone in the love you have for something i, I guess it's the same for i mean most writers right i mean mm-hmm. it, it is a, a, a passion and it's the same with people who, who really love playing music or something it's it's not something that that's gonna necessarily that, or that could fade away i mean it's just a part of you and there's this kind of compulsion to follow it. Um, oh yeah, um, your latest fic, you've actually moved on from the Hannibal fandom, um, onto the Teen Wolf, and I actually kind of want to talk about this because... <laughs> I know it's a very, um, odd transition <laughs> from what we just... <laughs> very deep conversation we had. Hey, let's talk about Teen Wolf! I don't really know how to transition very well. <laughs> yeah, no, totally, yeah, it's, uh... A bit like the Batman one, it's something I'm, I'm, I'm a real, I mean, I just have way too much shame in my life. Uh, I'm <laughs> slightly embarrassed to be writing fan fiction and slightly embarrassed to be writing fan fiction about Teen Wolf, um, but uh, I don't think I should be. That's just old, kind of weird prejudices sure. from, from the rest of the world that's lingering. But yeah, so Teen Wolf. Um, I guess I kind of just want to know, because we haven't talked to anybody who is like, has several fandoms like they've either o- they've only written for one fandom yeah so like i kind of just want to know about like that transition between fandoms like was it just that you got hyper fixated on the teen wolf or did you get tired of the hannibal fandom like just what was that transition like okay so basically the last hannibal one i wrote which i 
finished and finished posting uh, I don't know, at the beginning of the year at some point. Um, that was quite a difficult one for me to write um, because it was a lot. A lot of it was about Will trying to get past Hannibal's betrayals and, and embracing his own inner darkness. And you know, most of the <laughs> most of the ones I write are about that. But because it was set in season one, it was much harder for some reason. So I actually just kind of took a step back after that and started working on some original fiction. Uh, I'm in the process of writing my third novel. None of them have been very good yet, but I'm working on it. Um, good for you for keep um, going. Thanks. Um, and yeah, I was I was rewatching Teen Wolf and trying to actually finish it this time because I didn't manage manage it the first time through because it, it is very tongue in cheek and not all of it is is good. Uh, so I'm really sorry to any massive Teen Wolf fans out there, but um, like I love the show. But a lot of it is is terrible. Um, <laughs> That's fair. There's, there's some there's some really great storylines and story arcs, and there are some great characters, and there is at least one fantastic actor, and that is Dylan O'Brien, who I've seen in other things since, mm-hmm. and I really do think he carried a lot of the show. Um, so I started reading Teen Wolf, and like with a lot of fandoms, you know, there's there's actually you're actually you actually come upon a lot more substance in 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 the fan content. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, various tropes that that start to come up that were only sort of briefly touched on in the show become kind of like staples. Uh, like the concept of one of the characters being um, a spark, which I believe is some kind of magical user. Um, which just you know it, that comes from a, a stray comment in the TV show, um, and it's become this whole this whole thing in the fandom. Um, but for me, it was. In season three, my favorite character, the one who, uh, Dylan Dylan O'Brien, sorry, yeah, Dylan O'Brien's character, Styles, uh, gets possessed uh, by a pretty nasty uh, fox demon. And then the season ends and season four starts and it's just like, da 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 da. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought that there was was a lot that they could have explored there that, um, that they didn't. So I basically split off from season three um, and wrote wrote my own my own version of of him basically leaving the other characters to you know for their own good essentially at least in his mind um, and then trying to deal with with the consequences of, of everything he'd been through by himself uh, and then being reintroduced to some of the characters about six years later and what that would look like for them um, and then of course there's the usual something's out to get them and oh they have hidden feelings for each other that they don't want to acknowledge and all that stuff so yeah that's that, that was how i transitioned that seems um, like a fair <laughs> fair fan fiction yeah. <laughs> going on i i think that's my favorite kind i'm not like i love canon divergent stuff i think yeah i <clears throat> love fix it fix with a dear dear passion of mine I remember the first time I saw It Part 2, I sobbed in the theater, and then immediately went to AO3. Like, within 24 hours, I was on AO3 to find some fix-it fix for the end of that movie. And even with, like, the fix I write, I love doing a side- Like, I have such a compulsion for secondary characters, almost, like, not the main characters, like, these secondary characters that, like- do not get enough screen time for what they're worth. Um, I'm like, well, what what would the show be like if they were the main character? Like, what what is the main character of their own show look like? And just going yeah, from there. Sorry, there's so much you can do with that. That's all I was gonna say. Carry on. Yeah, uh, absolutely, 100. I it's just my favorite favorite thing of just taking some secondary character that like 
And honestly, I, I, I tend to like secondary characters more, apart from the main character. Not that the main characters are bad, quote-unquote, but, like... They're predictable. Yes. <laughs> Especially, Maya and I watch a lot of shonen anime. They're always always the same. <laughs> so, like, some secondary character, like, Maya knows. I, Hawks on My Hero Academia is the love of my life, and uh, he just, his story that is told is good, but I just think it could be better. So that's why I started writing what I started writing for him, because I was just like, Okay, this is the story, the canon media that they're giving me is good, but it could be better. And I want to do that. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's great that you can. And, and I totally agree, secondary characters. I mean, that's where the, the, the idea of a character actor comes in, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got, you know, in, in movies and stuff, you've got your, your kind of straight main character who's, you know, morally, uh, pr- you know, morally good and, and predictable and, and all of that. And then there's the kind of, Either comic relief or, or slightly yeah, just another character with a bit more personality attacked as their foil, um, and it's fun exploring those characters for sure. Um. So, what has in your time of writing, either when you first started writing as like an English lit major, or how uh, in your writing during this past year of writing fan fiction, what has been like the best writing advice that you have come across? Either someone has told you, or you've just seen on the internet. Like what was that? What was that piece of advice that has just really resonated with you? I think it would be that you shouldn't get too caught up on how your first draft reads. Um, so I know a lot of people who who want to write and just really struggle to get started or, or make it past the first page because they're they're too focused in on 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 a, on a sentence level. Mm-hmm. So I think making sure that you know you have an idea where you where you're going with it and then just write for fun don't write for anyone else the first time in the first draft that's all for you and then when it comes time to thinking about maybe making it better or showing it to other people that's when you can go through and, and edit it on a sentence level um so that that would be my advice i think that's good advice mm-hmm. yeah especially i think young writers so yeah a lot of my friends uh want to write and, and have that problem and then i know that it's a problem for some other uh people even older than me who mm-hmm who are trying to work on, on their original fiction and they, uh, yeah, they just get, they just get totally caught up in, um, in exactly how to phrase everything and, and then they never finish the story. Unfortunately, that happens to the best of us, I think. I think so, too. Yeah, because especially, like, I would love to say that I don't care about what other people think, but boy, do I, do boy. I, do I ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we're kind of closing out here. So, we have a YM's choice, so Tasha's choice, of the fix you have written, which is your favorite and why? Probably my favorite is A Postcard and a Knife. Mm-hmm. And not just because it was the most popular one, but because um, it was it was just a satisfying one to write. And, you know, I like, I like the fact that it was all internally consistent. And it was just like this little bubble in time that happens and changes everything for everyone about, you know, for all the characters in the show. Um, it was just a really satisfying piece to write, and uh, and also I got to explore Florence on Google Maps, so that was fun. Very nice. I mean, <laughs> I love that. The yeah, little it's, things it's, that you do when you good research. Way of traveling if you're if you're in lockdown, you, you just put yourself in Street View and then warp along the roads. Um, like like it's it. like you're outside again. <laughs> <laughs> just need virtual reality goggles for Google Maps, and then it's kind of like traveling. Yeah. I never have to leave my home again. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and then our last question is what. 
are some of your favorite fics or fics that you would recommend the most? All right, well, um, I've talked about three different fandoms here, so I thought I'd give you one for each. Sure. Um, so for the Hannibal fandom, there's A Consequence of Consumption by Iron Lotus, and that is still a work in progress, but okay. I'm pretty confident that she's going to finish it. Like, I... Um, I know her uh, through, you know, we've, we've met virtually now, and um, nice. she has given me some great writing advice in the past, Iron Lotus this is, um, and all of her work is excellent, and yeah, uh, Consequence of Consumption is a kind of another take on on the whole show, basically, um, where the main character, who's, who is essentially catnip for murderers anyway, is just even more so um, catnip for, for killers. Um, so yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, for the Batman universe, um, there's one called "Life is so much better when you're dead." Um, and okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it, yeah, so um, you guys had a episode the other the other month about villains. Yes. Um, yeah, that was great. Um, Thank you. And yeah, the Joker is my favorite villain, and for some reason, I apparently have a have a thing for uh, uh, enemies to friends to lovers, and um, it's good. And, it's pretty it's good. good. It's real good. <laughs> <laughs> I listen. There's a reason for it, and I understand completely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's also very much a thing with the Hannibal universe, of course. Yeah, um, that's course. fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this this Batman one, the. Uh, the life is so much better when you're dead one is is a, a Batman and the Joker kind of having a thing um, but there's also Sophie, uh, Sophia Falcone and it's it's a really good plot and uh, and the characters are really well handled so I would recommend that one All right. and then uh, in the Teen Wolf universe I've been reading a series called Of Werewolves and Tentacles and no it is not hentai oh, okay thank <laughs> okay. you so much <laughs> I think we both gave each other a look of, oh, okay. Yeah, I thought I'd better make that one too. <laughs> a thing. Uh, but no, it's it's kind of Lovecraftian, Cthulhu uh, nonsense. But, you know, so it's... It, do you know much about the Lovecraftian, Cthulhu kind of universe? Yes. I think, yeah. yeah. I've, yes. I've read quite a few of those mm-hmm. stories. Awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, it's it's but it's also got a good bit of humor, humor in there. Um, and yeah, it's just a fun, fun read, that one. I do love the atmosphere of like a Lovecraftian. Yeah, I think the world building and like the atmosphere, fantastic. Fantastic person. No. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I think we learned from J.K. Rowling that we can just take what they wrote. (laughs) Two separate things. (laughs) Two separate things. (laughs) Especially now that the man is dead. Uh... Doesn't matter. It's fine. It's fine. Awesome. Ghost. That was original fan fiction as well, right? I mean, it just wasn't really called fan fiction in those days. Yeah, I think uh, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, would, I would say so. <laughs> I would say so. There was a whole episode that I did about the history of fan fiction, and I it took me to learn that the author of Peter Pan wrote Sherlock Holmes fan fiction. <laughs> uh, and it was a reader insert. It was like a self-insert. Yeah. <laughs> Sherlock yeah. Holmes fan fiction. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He was like, you know what, Sherlock Holmes is cool, but OC. it would be better if I was in there. <laughs> I was in there. Oh, awesome. Well, we have wrapped this up. Thank you so much for being yeah. on today. We had so much fun. Thank you for uh, educating us about the Hannibal fandom. Yeah, <laughs> it was very educational. Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, again, you know, I'm, I'm only a, a sort of small part of it. It's a very mm-hmm. diverse fandom, so. Um, 
I also noticed that you had Chapel Crown as someone down that you wanted to speak to, uh, and I would highly recommend uh, trying to get a hold of them because oh, okay. that would be fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, a diverse fan base, and 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 I'm still quite new to it, so um, I hope I did. I hope I did the Hannibal fans proud. Um, <laughs> I think you did. I <laughs> I'm not in it personally. But I would I wouldn't say that you did. Um, is there anything that you would like to promote while you were on? Um, no, I'm not very good at promoting things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I will do it for you. Um, okay. check out her works at Canis underscore, underscore Cosmos, that's C-A-N-I-S underscore C-O-S-M-O-S on Archive of Our Own. Go give her fix a read. Um, they comments? are incredible. What? Some comments? Com- some comments, some comments, you know what? Leave some fucking comments. <laughs> <laughs> Just put a gun up to the head. Leave some fucking comments. <laughs> Bookmark it while you're at it. Yeah. <laughs> Add that to some collections. How about it? <laughs> some fucking collections. Um, go into a, go into a private server to leave another kudos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but let me see. We have a wrap up to do. Um, follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and TikTok. Uh, we have an email, canonicallyincorrectpod at gmail.com. Send us some fanfiction recommendations that you think we would like. Um, there, uh, we have a Kofi page. Kofi. If you like this episode, um, if you like us, um, if you like anything that we do and you have like an extra five bucks, um, we would appreciate that greatly to keep this going. Um, rate, review, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Um, tag your fix accordingly. Donate to AO3. Yeah. Just be, just be nice. Just be nice. Just be nice. And thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.